episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on January the 5th, 2021. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, one of the survivors of 2020. Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we have played this past week. Minecraft Earth is shutting down. We'll be discussing the Steam Awards winners for 2020. And we'll have a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. What's shaking, Bacon? Well, we survived the new year. We did, and 2021 is off with a bang. It's it's very strange, that, like, psychological feeling of, like, completeness of, like, ah, yes, 2020, the worst year, it's over. And, like, 2021 is, is exactly, like, the first days of 2021, exactly the same. But... Most people that I've talked to are like, yeah, it's a new year. I'm feeling a little refreshed. And I'm like, oh, God, don't go check politics. <laughs> uh, well, I did see something political that made me laugh. Which thing? We're, uh, it's, it's, Scotland? It's one of those days. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that one. The the one like bright spot. Scot- Scotland denied Trump entry to the country to play golf. Because that's not considered essential travel. <laughs> and then the White House denied that he was ever going to take a trip to Scotland. Yeah, that's the, that's the like, the nice piece of political news. It's like, haha, fucker. No, there's all the bad ones. Yeah. Um, because of course there is. Yeah, I'm just saying here, uh, looking at the runoff election results. Uh, the I know, and I was going to say, oh. we're going to... We're recording tonight on the Georgia Senate runoffs, the, the special election uh, I mean, to runoff. be fair, also, yeah. is Georgia one of the states that doesn't start counting mail-in ballots until day of? I don't, I don't know, actually. Um, they had something like three or three and a half million people that voted early. Yeah. I would imagine that's the case because they've, they've only, well, when I looked, they'd only counted like something like a million, I don't know, I guess it would have been two million votes. Um... Why aren't you giving me the results? I should just go to Politico instead of, like, typing vague Google search terms. To yeah, I'm me... sitting here on uh, CNN, and honestly, it doesn't look good. When I looked, the last time I looked, uh, the blue the, the good people were ahead. Not the, anymore! The not KKK racist fuckers. Oh, the ones that were ta- uh, talking about, I know what it's like to live for paycheck to paycheck, while literally being a millionaire and the trophy wife of a millionaire yeah so they have basically reversed the because when i looked uh ossoff and warnock were both about a hundred thousand ahead and now it's it's flipping the other direction oh goody so i get to go to bed depressed tonight you're welcome thanks i mean i would have checked anyways so yeah, Pr- yeah. pretty much every political map uh, tells me you know i live in the wrong part of the uh uh, well, not just this, you know, my state, but uh, the fact that, you know, it's always the political or the my political leanings tend to be around more densely populated areas. Yeah. Because just looking at the map for both, right? Yeah. But yeah, this past week, uh, if we're wanting to talk politics, uh, this is the politi- the, the political so- section of the show, I guess. Uh, my governor set a new bar for utterly fucking idiotic moves by saying that all, well, K through 
eight will be going back to school in two weeks. Never mind just how bad it is. Yeah. Never mind that the state is setting literally daily death toll count or death records, uh, case records. The positivity rate is obscene. Uh, let's just see where it is today, all right? Because I wanted to want to give you the proper number for today, all right? Okay. Uh, wait for it to load. Da, da, da. So today, uh, January 5th, wait for it to load still, because of course it is, right? Right. Uh, 46 deaths in the last 24 hours, uh, with 1,274 new cases, a percent positivity for today of 12.01%, a cumulative since they started testing of 5.12, and he said that things were going to get shut down if that ever got above 3. I guess 5 is above, just not above 3, right? Yeah. Numbers, man. It's 1, 2, 5, 3. But then again, okay, he also, uh, at the last press uh, conference, he was called out because his uh, big business, well, one of his big businesses, is the Greenbrier Resort, which is, you know, one of the fancy... uh, Resorts in the state and is in the more touristy part of the state. You know, the one, uh, the part of the state that the coal industry has it utterly ruined. Well, a video was released of a New Year's Eve party where everybody was packed in together, not a single fucking mask in sight. And when he was asked about it, he said, well, that video is a hit job by the Democrats. What? Right? I see. He is the owner and CEO of this uh, resort. It's had multiple infractions, and he just, you know, shrugs it off and says that, you know, we shouldn't uh, put par- uh, parties against one another, uh, never mind immediately after saying that the Democrats uh, are the ones, you know, circulating this uh, video, uh, and you shouldn't put classes against one another, never mind the fact that, yeah, he, uh, 10 minutes later, started saying, uh, started uh, talking about how Teachers should be back at school. They should be able to be there if a Walmart employee could be at Walmart because, you know, those are the two uh, 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 equitable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One is uh, uh, in a uh, place where there's a bunch of people that uh, have poor hygiene and uh, are packed in close together. And the other one works at Walmart. Woo. I don't know. I didn't know how to respond to that. I'm sorry. Yeah, kids are... uh, uh, disgusting, uh, germ-filled uh, petri dishes. Yes, and, and, oh, yes. And, yeah, let's let's put them back, uh, uh, packed in together uh, during a fucking pandemic. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, and so. he's, oh, and oh, and uh, to the cherry on top of all of this, uh, since we're talking about dumb po- uh, political moves, he's wanting to go back in two weeks, and he wants to start doing. Vaccines for the at-risk teachers. Well, that's all of them. No, 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 no. no. Uh, the above, uh, I think he said above 60 uh, uh, teachers. Yeah, the ones that probably would be retired anyway. But he doesn't want to wait the three weeks to do both shots. He hopes to get one shot into the teachers and saying that that will give them a 50% uh, uh, resistance to the disease. Never mind the fact that vaccines don't work like that. 
Yeah, that's not how that works. Yeah, especially not the COVID vaccine. Yeah, because because it's you're not being given an inactive strain. Yeah, you're given a a, a, strain. essentially a protein, right? Yeah, and then your body sort of learns. Uh, super duper like simplified, but your body is given the uh, the strain for the disease, and then it learns from it. And then you get a stronger version of that with the second yeah, but uh, also, injection. But also, uh, most vaccines have a run-up time from when you get injected to when your immune response kicks in. So even if he somehow, uh, somehow keeps on this timetable, never mind the fact that there's been countless supply issues because you know, the federal government is, a compl- is even more of a clusterfuck. Yeah. Uh, you're looking at maybe a week before the teachers go back in. Not even enough time for the first dose to really uh, hit that uh, stride. Never mind the fact that you're supposed to have two doses of this. It's just... <sighs> and he got reelected because, of course, he did. Of course. Wouldn't want to put actually intelligent and caring people in office. That would mean that black and brown people would get more social support. And no, 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 even worse. That means black and brown people would get more representation. Oh, damn. You're right. Can't have that. Can't have equal opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tennessee is basically just like throwing its hands up. The governor's like, yeah, every, all the counties need to uh, do what they think is best. And I'm not going to do anything. And I take no responsibility. All but the, all, all the then, like, Here's this. Yeah. And then they've got the vaccine distribution plan, which is mostly being followed. The The very elderly are not supposed to be until the, I believe it's like, you know, phase 1C or something like that. It's like healthcare workers and like first responders and things like that. And then essential employees. Um, and then in the third wave of, or the, the third stage of the first wave is, is then the very elderly or highly at risk people, and most of most of the places that I've seen in the state are like, ah, if you're like older than seventy, you can. Nope, there goes Craig. Oh, if you're like older than seventy, you can get uh, vaccinated. It's fine, and so that's created distri- like further distribution issues within the state. And you know, I've told you, and I've told a few other people who are in our community, but you know, broadly like, to everyone, hi, I got vaccinated on Saturday. I, well, the first injection. I waited five fucking hours for that thing, and I was there when their doors opened. Because it's just a mess, and there's no, you know, there's no real plan in place. Like, there's there are no enforcement of the plan, aside from the fact that they had, like, a, a huge stream of cops that were going up and down the line being like, do you have identity or ID proving that you're a healthcare worker? I think I was asked that question, I don't know, 10 or 15 times on Saturday. Yeah, uh, which fair enough. I mean, good for them for, you know, trying to keep at least that much of it intact, but or in place. Yeah, uh, my state they started with the residents of nursing homes because, of course, they did. Uh, even before healthcare workers, by the way, I, yeah. I guess gotta protect that well, what remains of the voter base. That's right. Well, Tennessee made national news, specifically Chattanooga, for they uh, on. It was Thursday of last week. I'm not sure what the date that is. I think December the 31st. Yeah, December 31st. Look at my calendar. Uh, Chattanooga had a vaccine um, 
you know, come get vaccinated, same sort of deal, like just show up, get vaccinated. And they, you know, claimed to have ran out of vaccines, but that was a lie. They, uh, the, the administrators kept some in reserve that they gave to close friends and family members. And that made, that made national news. Not sure what's happened with them. There's been an update in a couple of days, but way to go, Tennessee fuckers. <laughs> oh. I don't know if I should say, like, well, at least it wasn't my governor, or like, well, at least it wasn't the governor. True. Like, I don't. I don't know how to. You know. And that, that's what it's, also it's really gets me is people point at the blue states where it's uh, uh, they're having issues, like California. There's just so much spillover from the red states not doing a damn thing, right? Yeah. At at, at best, not doing a damn thing. At worst, antagonizing mm-hmm. the situation in some way. I mean, there was reports of the local... Uh, well, I shouldn't say local, but uh, the big ski resort in the state, Snowshoe, mm-hmm. having over 25,000 visitors over the Christmas uh, holiday, right? Just... Yeah. Right? Yep. Uh, I haven't looked in to see how much like Gatlinburg and Pitch and Forge, like our, a couple of the state's big touristy attractions. I haven't seen how many visitors they got. I'm sure it was a lot. I mean, hell, you go around the grocery store and you see people sans mask, people wearing chin diapers, people with their uh, noses hanging out. And then they complain that the masks uh, aren't working. Yeah, because you're not wearing them right. Idiots. Yep. Not, uh, yeah, not wearing them correctly or at all. I was considering before the start of the new year not like canceling my gym subscription again because at the beginning and for a number of months they did a really good job of enforcing everything and they like making sure people were wearing masks and staying separated and then towards the end of the year they had not been doing that so much and so I was going at like weird times when there was nobody there but um this year they've like put up all new signs and the staff is like really on people again so I'm like oh thank god I can keep going to the gym <laughs> Yeah, there was this, okay, one of the things I do, and this is how fucking liberal I am, I guess, is uh, if I'm not listening to music uh, on my smart speaker, I'm just listening to uh, uh, NPR, Uh, just the news broadcast and uh, some of their new segments. Yeah. And they have it where they could string it all together and just be talking about different subjects and be able to skip back and forwards. Well, they were talking about uh, the... Uh, the where there's not a federal leadership and how everything is so fragmented, there's this uh, kind of uh, uh, disassociation between uh, what's going on plus just the fatigue of it all because it's, you know, we're going on a year of this now. Yeah. When, if this was taken care of, you know, over the summer and really stamped out, you know, we wouldn't be sitting at 350,000 plus dead. And we would be in a lot better situation, but right? Yeah, if we had taken care of this, like in a lot of places in Europe or Asia, or which I realized else, that basically, which I realized landmass it makes it a lot harder. Yeah, you know, because there's a lot more free travel, and even in Europe there was lockdowns of the borders, so it was not just you know. Uh, transmitted across uh, borders as easily as it would be here because I don't think any state really did a full-on lockdown at their borders. They requested uh, quarantining, but, you know, right? Yeah. But then you have, you know, places that 
just let it essentially fester and go unchecked. Say, eh. Places like Tennessee. And West Virginia. Woo. Yeah. I'm not sure where Tennessee is in the ranking anymore. Last time I looked, it was number four uh, in, like, per capita, like, most cases and, po- you know, all of that jazz. That's like the worst, but the way that it's ranked makes it look like, oh, we're the fourth best. But that was the last time I looked, and it's been a, a few days since I checked, so. Yeah, now I'm wanting to see, because, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how bad yeah, let's put it this is, way. and then we'll... Let's put it this way. Okay, so, uh, cases uh, by 100,000 in the last seven days for my state, it's 83.3. Yours, it's 93. So, even with the population difference, that should tell you something. Yeah. All right, let's let's stop being sad and and get glad by talking about murder. video games. Murder, murder. <laughs> uh, do you want to go first? Yeah. What have you been yeah, playing, so, Rage? You go first. Yeah, so I'm. Uh, the show notes are is going to link to the Steam store for this, just because it's a lot more feature complete than the bare bone system that Nintendo has in place. Uh, but I, for this for the winter sale, I ended up not really impressed with any of the sales, so I just dumped uh, uh, my money into the Nintendo store with credit and picked up a couple of things that I'll be talking about, of course. Uh, and one of them was Murder by Numbers. Uh, this was uh, on sale both on Steam and the Switch for the same amount and figured, eh, I'll get it on the Switch, have something different on there. So this is a hybrid visual novel pick cross uh, uh, game. Where it's essentially a a well a murder investigation, but occasionally you discover a clue and have to use uh, the nonogram pick cross idea of uh, figuring out what it is before you could continue. Uh, but there's also enough help and uh, uh, hints that if you're really really bad or really stuck, uh, you could just take a points hit and uh, continue on. So uh, th- I, this is by the same developer that did uh Hortoful Boyfriend I believe or no no sorry uh uh just double checking uh no the, no the Hortoful Boyfriend's uh, creator did character designs for this so you can see a lot of influence there huh uh, Yeah 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 uh not as many birds but still right <laughs> Right yeah uh, but it has uh, this uh, that kind of uh, feel to it, the, the stylized that that stylized feel to it, although not uh, anime esque. Anyway, you're playing as Honor, a former uh, actress that was a co-star on a uh, a TV detective series, and uh, the first case. There's four cases in the, at least this game. Uh, half of it uh, serves as essentially a very long tutorial sequence, which I gotta admit was a little boring and I uh, couldn't really skip. But then again, you know, I don't think a lot of people really know this type of puzzle, so I definitely understand having to explain a lot of the uh, overall ideas of how to solve these because it's essentially Sudoku, but not. Yeah. Uh, but it's it ties together to uh your sidekick named Scout who has lost his memory. He's a flying robot that it, it's helps you discover clues and to figure out what's going on. And you're trying to help Scout recover his memory 
but at the same time, trying to figure out what's going on because the first case involves your friend and show and the producer of the TV show that you used to be on. He fired you just before he got killed, which looks very bad for you, but you are able to establish alibi pretty quickly that, you know, it's definitely not you. Uh, he gets killed and you need to figure out why. And it turns out he was being blackmailed. And this is the first case is an hour and some change long. So I'm not really spoiling a lot. And it's the long, the second, third and fourth cases are supposed to be a lot longer than the first one. The first one's basically an introduction to things. So I don't feel too bad about spoiling that. He was basically being blackmailed and you're trying to figure out what is going on. The bigger picture of things. And it's a lot of Hollywood, a lot of, uh, I will admit some stereotypes, like there's the, there, there's the guy that you'd absolutely love or be, uh, the extremely flamboyant makeup, to, <laughs> makeup guy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, makeup and he's really into fashion and, and gay as Jared. <laughs> yes, please use that as a descriptor, as gay as Jared. <laughs> Well, it's not wrong. Mwah. Love it. Uh, but you also encounter the uh, a police detective that's uh, basically being railroaded into cases that seems like nobody else wants to take and uh, is uh, essentially too damn old for this. Uh, trying to think of who else. Oh, and Becky, who is the drama queen and, well, I guess now former star of this uh, TV show because... They're basically saying that the show is canceled because the showrunner uh, just, you know, he was what the driving force behind it, the writer, the producer, you know, pretty much the one man show that was get, getting this TV show made. Uh, yeah, uh, she's overly dramatic, a drama, a drama queen, you know, has to go to all the parties to network and sorry, cups of quotes. But yeah, it, it's a very, very stylish, like I said, visual novel puzzle game. Now, my big concern about it is that I don't think there's a lot of replayability. So if you're going into it for a branching path uh, visual novel, you know, you're out of luck. And if you're winning a mystery game where, you know, you can be wrong, no, that's not going to happen. Basically, if you give an answer that the game doesn't like, they just say, no, try again, which I don't have a problem with, uh, uh, at least mostly. But it does make it so that, yeah, you know, once you get through the entire game, you know, there's not going to be a lot of reason to go back to it. Short of uh, maybe uh, the extra puzzles that you eventually unlock. So as you progress through the story, uh, each time you do a puzzle, you get a score assigned to you. And if you get a high enough score throughout the entire case... You unlock more and more puzzles on uh, the main screen as a secondary objective to unlock Scout's memories to be able to find out what the hell is he, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really the only replayability, but if you're any decent at uh, these uh, type of puzzles, I hadn't found, at least so far, in like a case and a half or a case and a quarter, any uh, uh, puzzle that had really thrown me for a curveball. So maybe it's just, you know, uh, me being familiar with this type of puzzle, or I'm not sure what. Uh, I will say that uh, this is going to be a, a little bit of a quibble on the Switch port, is that 
uh, the Switch port, they don't use the touchscreen at all. So you're moving everything around with the uh, the D-pad or the D-buttons or whatever you want to call it. And it is a little tedious and would it be a lot quicker to solve uh, puzzles on the, the PC version of things. But that's you know, a minor thing. It's, the portability does help out a lot on that one. But yeah, the, overall, I do enjoy it. I do think it's a really good game, especially if you're a fan of both the uh, uh, visual novels and these type of puzzles. Or if you're really curious about puzzles uh, like this. It has a very, very, very good tutorial section on how to solve these types of puzzles. One of the best I've actually seen. Uh, uh, talking about the overall uh, concept, how to handle certain things, how uh, essentially you could cascade uh, a, a puzzle by solving what you can to be able to uh, logically figure out what you can't yet. Uh, using uh, the concepts of overlapping uh uh, clues so that you could fill in areas that you otherwise couldn't. Like I said, very good uh, tutorial. Useless to me because I'm already familiar with it, but a, a really good entrance into this type of uh, uh, puzzle game as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a, a strong recommendation for uh, fans of the game. I don't think there was a, a demo on the Switch store, and there isn't one on uh, the you know, Steam page, so you're going to have to kind of bite the bullet here. I did get it, I think it was 33% off, which is actually not bad for a fairly new title. Uh, it's under a year old. Uh, and also, yeah, the Switch also has the, go- the gold coin thing, so I ended up paying even less on it. Yeah. But, yeah. And also, art style is just, uh, it's um, quite... <sighs> It's quite pretty to look at uh, whenever it goes to a cutscene. Uh, it's pretty bog standard uh, whenever it's in its visual novel esque uh, area, yeah, you know, uh, with all the cutouts. It <laughs> kind of looks like paper dolls dancing back and forth, uh, j- mostly just due to that outline. Yeah, uh, and the fact that you know whenever a character turns around, they're just mirroring the sprite, which for some things it doesn't matter, but then you start to notice like all the. Uh, the sash on uh, Honor's uh, robe jumps back and forth, right? Yeah. I I know. Minor, minor uh, thing, but... Right? It's a it's a detective game, so you're supposed to pay attention to details, right? Yeah. And it's even better if that, that sort of thing pays off, so... Yeah, I, yeah, I would say definitely uh, check it out. Uh, if you're not sure about it, pick it up on uh, when it's on sale. I believe it's like a 10 hour game overall I mean the first uh, one was oh no uh, according to this uh, uh, 20 hours with uh, main plus extras 24 hours so yeah, I don't know why I was pl- thinking 10 hours maybe it was another game I was looking at but yeah definitely uh, worth a check out cool so uh, I oh and it also has an amazing intro uh, song that you need to check out. Uh, I think it's on one of the trailers. Okay. Okay. And now you can go. Yeah. So mine uh, was a trip down nostalgia memory lane, which is so last year. I don't know if anyone remembers. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show since the beginning of last year or much at all, really. But 
for for the new year last year, I said that I wanted to do twelve games and you know beat twelve games in twelve months, and I didn't want to really buy any new games for myself. Um, and I beat fifteen games in twelve months, and I did buy one game or no two games and beat them both. But still, I did thirteen games that I had already previously owned and had beat. And so for this year, I thought to myself, you know, what do I want my you know resolution slash goal slash whatever you want to call it for for 2021 to be like from a gaming standpoint and i thought to myself you know what i've been playing like a lot of the ace combat games most of which are are games that i hadn't played in years so i want to focus on going back and beating games that i that i felt were significant to me when i was um i'll say pre-college most mostly probably middle school and high school as the, the years that i just remember the most from then but, um, you know, if something, like, really struck me from when I was younger, you know, I want to go back and play that. So, sort of, like, nostalgia examined. How well does it hold up, essentially? And so, I started playing Front Mission 4 um, on uh, emulated on PCSX2. Um, a couple, or no, yeah, last, last week was when I started. Like, I started playing it on January 1. So, yay, me. And, um, aside from some issues from the emulator, there's, like, some weird shadow issues. Like, if you look at footage captured directly from a PS2, it doesn't have these problems. There's, like, some weird issues with the shadows where it looks like they're being drawn from multiple directions at once and are just, like, these amorphous blobs beneath, um mechs and vehicles some of the time sometimes they work properly but then sometimes they just like look like these weird shadow blobs and then there's an issue with um motion blur and like some type of like film grain or maybe depth of field effect being way amplified as part of the emulation process um the uh the battles are uh turn-based and whenever you go to do stuff sometimes it, like, especially if one of your pilot abilities activates, which, you know, I'll talk about all this in a minute, but it'll be like the camera will zoom in and go all cinematic and it does like motion blurry, film grainy effects. And it just gets really blurry and muddled. But that's not a problem on the original game. So it has to be something in the emulation. And I messed with the settings a lot and I couldn't fix it. So I, I just gave up. It doesn't really bother me all that much. Um, and then... I, the reason I think it's a depth of field effect is because whenever you're in mech customization, uh, the menus are in sharp focus and then the mechs are kind of in the background and sort of a soft focus, but they're really blurry emulated versus not on the original. So, you know, just little niggles with the emulation itself that I'm working very hard to make sure that that specifically doesn't cloud my judgment or feelings on the game. Um, but once I determined they were emulation issues versus just game issues, I haven't really been too bothered by it, especially since at least the text is readable and that's the most important part. So what Front Mission 4 is, is a turn-based mech strategy uh, RPG that came out in the early 2000s. Um, I don't think it's actually the fourth game in the series. I think it's one of those things of like, there have been some spinoffs and stuff as well, but sort of main entry in the Front Mission series, it is the fourth one. Um, Following sort of in you know, the line of, of what these games are. They've gotten more complex, especially in mech customization and pilot customization. Um, and you, you're you playing... Uh, there's two groups um, of mech pilots. Uh, mechs in this universe are called uh, Wanzers, or Wanzers, since it's a German word. Um, 
And they're two groups of, of pilots that have their own unique storylines, but they sort of intertwine in the larger overall like meta plot. Um, and you start with small teams and work your way up to large teams and eventually participating in large scale battles where that while you have your primary six mechs that you command, you get additional units as just sort of generic troops that you also command and uh, start with simple mechanics of moving over to the tile next to your enemy and shooting at them and then getting longer range weapons and support uh, equipment and tactical capabilities for like airstrikes and things like that. So it's a, it's a very well-developed game from a mechanics standpoint, solid mechanics, solid, um, understandable rules. It doesn't really feel like there's one standout thing or strategy that's like, aha, yes, this will win metagaming because it's, it's a single player game only they don't have to worry about trying to balance any kind of stuff around multiplayer components, and it's just all focused on having a good, solid foundation for playing the the main chunk of the game. It's it's interesting to see this game from a from a design standpoint, like in uh, current year versus how they were making. You mean games the current the year? Early, the current year versus how they were making games in the early two thousands, because looking at this game pretty early on, I'm like, okay, this game would never be made. The way that it was now, because what they would do is they would take the two campaigns and they would separate them. And one of them would be the main game and one of them would be a story DLC. And all of these customization options that you can get, those half of those would be DLC uh, or microtransactions. And, uh, you know, there would be like a horrible multiplayer component shoved in uh, for the time. I mean, this was this game released in, I believe, 2003 um, or 2004. So there wasn't a lot of online console gaming that was in its infancy. Um, so there, there's no online component, but that, I think, you know, they still would have put like a couch co-op or sorry, a couch uh, versus or co-op mode in it. Done a bunch of stuff. Like it just, it, this game would never be made by today's standards. And it also only sold uh, like something like 500,000 copies uh, in total. And that would have been considered an abject failure. And the story's too long. It's way too much content for the money. Like, it's it's just so interesting. Um, just thinking about how games used to be designed versus how they are now. And it makes me very sad. Um, the the game itself tells a, a fairly competent story. I've got some problems with it. it it's kind of a generic um, war story. There's, uh, you know, some shady people in the background that, that are pulling the strings to try to mastermind a new world conflict for money. And uh, you're trying to discover and stop the plot um, and approaching it from two very different ways. Uh, the European-based Durandal research team is doing stuff for the UK, which is considered a good government in this uh, past future version. Um, not a horrible government run by morons uh and then the united states well the the basically the the united states created its own eu but for america they're called the ucs and the other group of people that you play are just some soldiers in the ucs that go awol um just do a heist and they wind up intertwining and and stopping the the big bad um solid story it does what it needs to do to get through speaking of game design stuff there are very long dialogue sections between missions, sometimes as, as much as 20 or 30 minutes. And it's all told through just dialogue boxes. 
Um, the game is partially voice acted, and then there's no, like, walking around mechanic, which that's another thing. Like, a game designed in 2020, you could not have so much of this done via menus unless it's specifically just a, a visual novel. But it, it tells its story well. There are... It does really feel like you're sort of going on this little adventure between missions because it's sometimes you're like at the base and it's okay, you know, you want to go talk to everybody and you've got the locations where you can go and you, the characters that are there and their pictures come up and dialogue boxes. It's, it's it's very quaint, I guess, is the word that I'm looking for, but it, it holds up really well. It doesn't suffer from like, oh my God, those are shitty character models from the early 2000s. Like it gets around by by having just really solid art and character designs that show up um, that way. The the graphics for the game, you know, bearing in mind that it's a early PS2 title, look really good because when you're doing mechs and tanks and helicopters, you can get away with just doing, you know, pretty, like, straight line uh, stuff. So it holds up, even though it's it's very polygonal. It, it still holds up. So all of those designs work well. Um it's got full mech customization. Uh, the, there's four like primary mech parts, uh, torso, legs, and then arms. And then you can customize those weapons for each hand um, or shoulder-mounted weapons. There's like backpacks, uh, quote-unquote backpacks, like back gear that you can equip. Um, there are weapon arms. There's your standard uh, two-legged, four-legged uh, tank and then tank versions. Uh, for for mech legs that all do different things, um, and then there's a full in-depth like RPG leveling and customization system where your pilots have sort of skill trees that they are geared towards by default. But about halfway through the game, you unlock the ability to basically get full access to the entire tree for everyone, and you just have to use the in-game funds to buy into the tree. So you can train any pilot to do anything that you want them to do. Um, Overall, it's it's a solid experience. I haven't completely beaten it as of, you know, this playthrough. I have previously beat it. The game is fucking long. I forgot how long it was because, you know, d- nostalgia. I tended to remember, like, the really big sort of set-piece battles and then, like, the key sort of tearjerker or emotional conversations that take place. But those are few and far between. I've played for... Uh, on this current playthrough, my save is up to 22 hours, um, and I've tried to minimize grinding as much as possible. There's like a, a you can replay previous battles as like computer simulations, and you get reduced rewards, but you still get XP and money for them. And I've really tried to minimize grinding as much as possible, but I still have to grind a little bit to keep up on the uh, equipment curve for mechs going into battles. Um, so I, I'm about halfway through the game at 22 hours with minimal grinding. I'm sure I could have gone a little bit faster. I've kind of played this a little bit in the background and while listening to podcasts and doing some other things, especially on the, the slower, less important story missions. Um, but mechanically speaking, it holds up well. Like I said, it's a turn-based system, um, and it's as much solving a puzzle as it is uh, doing just combat strategy because the maps, the way that they're set up, uh, there are trigger points for AI actions. So if you go to a certain place at the wrong time, you'll trigger additional enemy units to come fight you. Um, and, and like, it's, it's pretty obvious. Like once you learn how the AI works, it's pretty obvious where those are. And you just have to make sure that you're 
staying on top of things. There's other additional trigger points. Like if you wipe out all of the current enemies, it will send the next wave after you or the next like grouping. Or if you just like wait around for too long, um, the game won't let you sit and spend 20 turns like repairing and reloading everything. It, if you wait a couple of turns and don't do anything, the AI kind of bum rushes you. So you have to really strategically plan all of your moves. Um, it's a solid game. The only thing that I really have issue with from a story perspective, and this is definitely like current Jared versus like teenage Jared or middle school Jared whenever I first played this, is that the game doesn't tell you a lot of stuff. The story doesn't tell you a lot of stuff. And sometimes it's fine. Like, you know, sort of in my own head, I want to know like everything about how these mechs work. Just like in in Battletech, I want to know the history of every single one all their parts and pieces and how they run. And the game is just sort of like, ah, they, they just work. Don't worry about it. They just work. It's fine. No, it and I can, <laughs> and I can, I can go along with that. I can be okay with that. You know, suspension of disbelief. This world has mechs. They just work. Don't focus on it. That's not the, the, the key aspect of this game. But then for other pieces, it's like, oh, who's that guy? Oh, that guy. Don't worry about him. He's, don't worry about it. It's fine. Well, but yeah, but he's very clearly the bad guy. Uh, no, 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 he isn't. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, are we going to learn anything about him? No. Oh, okay. But he's going to keep showing up. Yeah. Because he's your bad guy. Uh, no, he isn't. Okay. And then it's like the next mission. Mahaha. I'm the bad guy. Then the game was like, see, he's the bad guy. Okay. Are you going to tell me anything about him now that you've surprised me? Quote unquote. No. Wait, why would you want to know something? He's the bad guy. So... Yeah. I, eventually, you know, I do remember eventually you learn some stuff about, like, the big bad evil guy. But they don't really do a good job of building up characters that aren't within your main team. So, gotta gotta have antagonists. That's important to a story that revolves around conflict. But overall, it's it's a pretty solid game. I'm holding off on, like, giving it, like, a full, uh, like, rating on my list until I finish it. Rough guess, I'm gonna say it's, like, mid to high 60s. Um, but maybe I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But, you know, if you like this sort of, if you have played Battletech and you like Battletech, I have no idea if Battletech drew any inspiration from this game, but it really feels like it. Really feels like it. So, you know, might, uh, might be worth your time. As long as you can put up with some weird oddities that just come from emulating a title sometimes. Also, the character voice acting is pretty bad for anyone who goes to do an accent, but like comically bad, so it's fine. I think it's probably also, racist. You. Yeah, I think it's probably racist at times, but it's also funny. So judge me for that statement as you will. Anyways, yep, that's that's the only game that I've played that's worth talking about this week. Woo. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> we spend a lot of time together, friend. A lot of send time. help. Send that'll be pretty. Help. Yeah, that'll be pretty close to synchronized on the recording without me having to do anything. Oh, look at it this way. Uh, a secondary sync, right? Indeed. So let's uh, move on from games that we played this week to the first news story of the week. We're gonna do the news story and then talk about the Steam Awards. So Minecraft Earth is shutting down. You mean Minecraft Earth? My Minecraft Earth. So, Welcome to okay, Earth. so on mobile, pretty much everybody's chasing Pokemon Go as one of the big uh, AR games to try to, you know, 
get those uh, microtransactions going. And Mojang put out Minecraft, uh, Minecraft Earth. And, uh, okay, I admit I tried it and I do goof around Pokemon Go still, mostly because I've been playing Pokemon now and you're able to transfer stuff over. Yeah. Uh, which makes a lot more sense, right? Mm-hmm. Well, <sighs> Minecraft Earth, it basically came out at exactly the worst time possible. It was a collaborative get together and build with friends thing. On top of having to walk around and gather supplies that's randomly distributed on the map. And it doesn't help that, at least in my area, they put things like out in the middle of the river or on top of a mountain that, <laughs> that you know, has no access whatsoever because the coal company owns that mountain, right? Right. You know, it, it felt like a very haphazard, you know, very, you know, early process that you know, maybe it'll eventually be worth playing, but I guess not because, right, they're shutting it down and they pretty much said the entire reason was that, you know, uh, they just couldn't swing it with COVIDs, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, let's see. Uh, Minecraft so Earth was Earth, Minecraft Earth was designed uh, around free movement and collaborative play. Two things that you can't do uh, in 2020, right? Yep. They do say two things that have become near impossible in the current global situation. As a result, we've made the difficult decision to reallocate our resources to other areas that provide value to the Minecraft community and to end support for Minecraft Earth in June of 2021. Now, they are reimbursing people. uh, If you uh, spent money on the game, you're getting a copy of uh, Minecraft Bedrock, which... Okay, so you get Minecraft the bad version, right? Yes. And if you have uh, micro uh, tr- uh, currency in that uh, in uh, Minecraft Earth, uh, you're getting it in their uh, you know, bedrock uh, Minecraft version. Yeah, the bad version is um is bedrock the Java version? No, no, that's the non-Java. Oh, okay. It's the one that's littered with microtransactions and such. Oh, okay. And does it have dearly so- the botting t- uh, support because you know it's locked down? Is which one is the Windows Ten one? Is that, that that's Bedrock? Bedrock. Okay. So yeah, gotcha. that's that's the one that my kid plays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the one you're saying there, thinking, man, the other one's so much better, right? I I don't play enough Minecraft to know. My I honestly probably the Minecraft version that I enjoy playing the most with my kid is is the one on Xbox, just because we sit in on the couch in the living room and it's more comfortable mm-hmm. that way. It's like, if I'm going to play something that I don't really enjoy, I want to kick back on the couch. And that's a nice way to do it. My 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 favorite way to play Minecraft, if I am going to play, is by myself with some podcasts on in, like, peaceful mode, mm-hmm. just digging a big hole. I'm a, I haven't played Minecraft in years, so uh, I assume that they've changed a lot. But I know, at least when I played, there wasn't a lot of... Uh, to do outside of just explore for ex- exploration stake, you know? Yeah. I mean, as someone who's played Minecraft off and on since I think 2012, not a lot has changed in some ways, like the core gameplay loop, not a lot has changed, but what they have sort of added on to that core gameplay loop as fluff has changed a ton. And then they have added stuff like the Nether, and at least since you know, I don't know when it was that the last time you played. Uh, it they didn't even then. have the Nether. 
Okay, so I mean, there's the Nether, but that's really just an extension of the main gameplay loop. You just go to a different area for different resources to build up different stuff. I've always found it relaxing to just like gather resources and build castles and like medieval style cottages. Like that's what I like to do in Minecraft. So just put it on peaceful. That way, no no bad guys show up to fight me. So, but anyways, yeah, Minecraft Earth going away. Yeah, never played it. Well, it's another one of these, well, they call it AR game, but, you know, the map games, uh, based on uh, the your actual location, you walk around and gather resources, uh, go visit churches or whatever the hell. Right. You know, it's the same thing, only it had a Minecraft skin, and you were gathering resources to do, like, many projects, if I recall correctly. Uh, like, I'm going to use Pokemon techno- uh, terminology because, you know, that's... Probably the most popular one and what I know. Uh, basically, they're Pokestops. Uh, uh, instead, it was a building location that you could collaboratively come together and build uh, with other people. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that they had to you know, scrub so many dicks out of that. Because, right? <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet they did. Um, I, uh, I, I looked at it with my kid once. And he was like, wow, Minecraft in real life. And I'm like, nope. You cannot have my phone. <laughs> we are not installing this on on your on your Kindle. Just, nope, we're not doing. Yeah, it. I just looked at it as, out of a curiosity, and as soon as I saw, oh well, there's resources that are like on severely private property, uh, property, and you know, off in the top of a mountain, and you know, in the river, and yeah, if it felt like, like I said, they hadn't really considered real life location. They just basically scattered uh, resources to the four winds. Yeah. And for anyone listening, like, I didn't say no because I, f- I felt like it was, like, fundamentally bad or something on some level. I just didn't want to deal with it. Like, as as a parent of a six-year-old who loves Minecraft, I just did not want to deal with that. <laughs> so shut that one down. But, uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say about it. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot of news going on, but the fact that Mojang is uh, losing another game. Pre- yeah. Pretty much their big uh, things have been Minecraft and... Did they do Minecraft Dungeons in, uh, in-house? Uh, I don't know if that was Mojang or if that was just straight up Microsoft doing that. Uh, Looks like it was uh, them, so yeah. So even though I absolutely hated Minecraft Dungeons, it was popular enough that, you know, they... They got money, right? Yeah. I wonder how much money they've, or what they're getting off of Minecraft Story Mode. Because that's still a thing that people enjoy. Like, it finished its Mm -hmm. run or whatever, but, I mean, my kid has gone through it a couple of times on Netflix, and I'm sure, you know, other other people have. (laughs) But, eh. All right. Steam Awards? Do you want to, are you ready to talk about them? Yeah. Woo! Steam Awards! Woo! The 2020... Steam Awards. I mean, we'll we'll alternate back and forth, I suppose, like we have before. Announce the winners or report the winners, and also whatever. talk about who we voted for and uh, everything else, right? Yeah, if we can remember. Oh, it, it lists. Oh, wait, it says it. That, okay, that's why I said. Here. All right. So, so I'll let you go first, since yeah, right. Yeah, twenty twenty game of the year, rootin' tootin' cowboy shootin' two, also known as Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, 2. because that released in twenty twenty, right? Absolutely, except 2019. Although it's one of those things, like it came to PC in 2020, and 
they have allowed early access games on that, you know, technically have been out for, you know, years. Like Factorio's on there, and it's been available on Steam for four or five years, and it just, you know, quote-unquote released this year. So I'll give it to them. Fair's fair. I mean, everybody knows my feelings about Red Dead <laughs> 2 on this show. It's just not for me. I, I recognize that it's technically a good game um, and has good story elements, but there's just something about it that, that never clicked with me. It's not for me. I think it's just tedious. Uh, yeah. So VR Game of the Year went to Half-Life Alex because, of course, it did. I mean, honestly, I don't think there was really much of a chance for anything else. It was kind of, just no. kind of the darling. Uh, oh, uh, and I voted for Fall Guys for Game of the Year, uh, by the way. Oh yeah, I also voted for Fall Guys Game of the Year because honestly, that it felt like the mold breaker out of all of these. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I voted for Half Life Alex. So woo, I won one. Yeah, me too. Because I voted for Half Life Alex. I mean, my, like I said, I, I'm pretty sure my secondary vote was uh, Phantom Phobia. Uh, just because it was also very different, but eh, right? Yeah. So the next one, Labor of Love, went to Counter-Strike Go. <laughs> right. Which, yeah, which I think everything in this category kind of fit, because they've just been games that existed for a long time. I voted for Among Us. If I remember correctly, you did too. No, I went with Terraria. Oh, you went with Terraria, okay. Because Terraria but, just I mean, has had a very long history of very, very good uh, just uh, post-launch support. Yeah, but uh, you know I can't super hard argue with Counter Strike Go. It fits. Yeah, I'm a little bit uh, cold on that one just because uh, everything I've heard, uh, the community is uh, very, very displeased with how Valve has been handling uh, Counter Strike for the last year or two. Basically, they're yeah. having what happened. To Team Fortress 2, where it's basically shifting more and more to community content updates and uh, becoming more and more infrequent. So the fact that they got labor of love, right? It's basically a popularity contest. And I think this also comes down to kind of the weakness of the voting system where uh, you can only vote one game for one category. So uh, for uh, like, let's just say, yep. Fall Guys, for example. Uh, it, because it was in multiple categories, it split the vote. Yeah. Or Among Us for, as another one that I think uh, would be also a very a very fitting uh, winner for this. If they were in another category, which I can't recall if they were, uh, it would split the vote between those two categories. and yeah, Right? Because remember, yeah. it was... Right? Just... Uh, but, yeah... So, Better With Friends. Uh, it went to Fall Guys. Uh, ironically enough, the one that I said is the absolute worst with Friends because of how the game's set up, but right? Yeah, and I, I could I could see that one going either way. I, I think that one respect. was pure popularity. I think popularity. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I voted for Deep Rock Galactic. Same. I remember I convinced you on that one because yeah, even though we both me. really disliked the game... Uh, it's better with more friends. And it's definitely built for at least three people, if not four. Yeah. So next, most innovative gameplay went to Death Stranding. Which which I don't 
under that, I mean it's just Kojima. Yeah. It has to it's, be. It's yeah. Like Death Stranding has and, got some stuff in yeah, it that is one, interesting. Uh, that is literally just popularity contest. Because yeah. it's a walking simulator mixed with Kojima. Yeah. I mean the fact that Superliminal lost, right? Yeah. Some actual fucking innovative gameplay. Nah man, we'll give it to Kojima. Yeah, that that's just depressing, huh? Yeah. Oh well. So outs uh Outstanding story, rich game. Uh, Red Dead Redemption again, right? Rootin' tootin' cowboy shootin' 2. Electric Boogaloo. No, Red Dead Redemption 2. I mean, I do think that there's a strong uh, case for really any of these. Except maybe the David Cage one. But that's mostly... To, that's the one that I voted no, that's, for. That's mostly to raw you up. Yeah. Honestly... I'm not too sold. Wasn't too sold on any of the uh, possibilities. It's just, you know, it was picking uh, the one that, eh, right? Yeah. So you're up. Yep. Best game you suck at. Winner of this, uh, Apex Legend, which I kind of understand, you know. I mean, Battle Royale, right? Uh, EA's take yep. on it. Uh, we I both went it. with Crusader Kings 3 because it's the one we actually played, but, right? Also, it's a good game. Uh-huh. Apex Legends is, is garbage. Uh, it's is. a battle royale. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 battle it's, royale. It's a bog standard battle royale. I shouldn't discredit every single battle royale because there are amazing battle royales out there. There's ones that really take the genre and put a fun twist on it. See Fall Guys. See Mario 35, uh, Tetris 99, right? Uh, just yeah. ones that do something other than bog standard. You know, King of the Hill, uh you know, last man standing, uh, uh, shooter, basically the Fortnite model, anything that's not that. Right. Okay. So mine, uh, is outstanding visual style, uh, or the will the wisp. My vote got, got that one. Also my vote. Woo. Woo. We win another one. Yeah. I mean, honestly, looking at it, there's not a lot of competition because, you know, pretty, but not stylish. That's the thing. Visual style doesn't Except have to uh, aspire to be real-life graphical fidelity, though a, no, a noble goal itself. It describes a distinctive look and feels uh, that uh, suffices an entire uh, an entire game. That's the explanation of this uh, of this uh, category, and yeah, you know, that's Ori. Yep, for sure. I mean, it's definitely not you know Saturday Night Live Avengers, right? <laughs> nope discount avengers <laughs> that game doesn't even look I, I mean it doesn't look bad it just looks it, it looks bland. no 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 it looks uncanny and i'm not talking uh, about the- if only there were some x-men they could have the uncanny <laughs> x-men well don't worry i'm sure that the they won't get that far in the roadmap no probably not all right next category the best soundtrack went to doom eternal Rip and fucking which we dare. voted for absolutely I mean, hard to compete I, with. Yeah, that. I mean, there are very good ones pretty much across the board, except for Need for Speed. Yeah. So sit back and relax. Our last one, boy, we got through this quickly. Uh, yep. Uh, the Sims Four won it because, yeah, right. Uh, EA releasing all their stuff this year on Steam. Yeah. yeah. Never mind the fact that the release date on Steam shows 2014. Yeah. Right. Nah, fuck it. Who cares? <sighs> I, I mean, <laughs> that's their attitude. I mean, I gotta admit that. There was a lot of bad choices on this one. Yeah, I voted for Factorio just to be like, I'm, I have to vote for them. 
I don't really connect with any of these from a relaxing relaxing perspective. But well, outside outside of the outside it. of the patching, uh, you know, trying to get the game actually up to date to be able to play it. You know, Flight Simulator is at that for is that for me? But uh, Untitled Goose Game, it's short and you know, it's, everything that I've seen, it's not a relaxing game. And I guess Sims Four would be you know my other go to for that because right, yeah. But honestly, going back and playing The Sims 3, you know, after playing The Sims 4, it's like, oh, they really downgraded The Sims. So, yeah, that's the Steam Awards really quick, actually. So, uh, yeah, The Sims 4 will sell you back more than ever. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a popularity contest. So seeing games that I severely disagree with win, I do understand why, but at the same time, it's a little disappointing. Right. Well, we're we're horribly unpopular. Yep. So we we don't connect with the popular kids. Yeah, we're not in uh, with the with the cool crowd. Well, nope. well, well, except Avatar Aang, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm in with a crowd. I don't know how cool they are. That that's a lie. I know exactly how not cool they are. Uh, but still, they're they're my people. Yeah. Yeah. At least they're not boomers, right? Nope. I, Fucking yeah. boomers. I mean, there's. Uh, there's okay boomer and then there's okay boomers, but right. Ah, see what you did there. I really like it. Well, that's been uh, up uh, yeah. Down. That's that's been uh, Adidas and Oz's uh, de- uh, definition. There's uh, they're an okay boomer, not a dismissive okay boomer. So yeah, uh, there was nothing on uh, the social stuff. So uh, community uh, let us down. Uh, maybe they're still partying from uh, New Year's. Now, remember, if you drink the hand sanitizer, it does not count. <laughs> do uh, do you do New Year's re- resolutions? I don't technically not do really. resolutions. I, 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 I think of them more as like goals for myself. I, I try to avoid them just because it it always feels like I let myself down if I uh, don't uh, g- uh, get to it. So it's more, right. Eh, right? Yeah. For for twenty for twenty twenty one, I'm calling it my year of nostalgia, and then like specifically one of my goals is to play twelve games. Like like I said earlier, it, you know, twelve games for from any time in my life before college to completion, or to the point where I'm like, okay, this is fucking bad. I just liked it because I was a kid. I was dumb. I was dumb. I didn't have much money or many games. It's like this is what I had, so I played it. <laughs> But you know that's specifically my gaming goal. I, I'm also gonna just try and. Okay, so that would much. be what years? <laughs> <laughs> like anything from like the late '90s up through the mid 2000s is the stuff that I remember the best. All right, maybe I'll try to fit that into uh, a couple of game clubs uh, throughout the year. Okay, sure, go for it. That could be fun. Abandon yep. where? Here we come. Yeah, sort of one of my like my my main stipulation is just like I can't have played it in college, you know, or, or forward. I have to have given myself like a good amount of time, you know, so to distance myself from it. Although I'm thinking about like including stuff like Halo, because even though I've played like some Halo multiplayer and like portions of, of the campaign here or there, yeah. I haven't played any Halo game to completion since before. Well, I mean, any, any Halo game pre Halo five, or maybe Halo 4, since college. So I've got 10 years at least distance between actually completing Well, the games, we did start so. Reach at one point. 
We did. We got to like chapter eight, I think, chapter nine. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, you know, I didn't finish it, so I'm thinking about like including including those and and trying to play through those. I don't know. I've still got it like another 25 hours of Front Mission Four, so that's another week to two weeks, depending on if I played exclusively or not. But yeah, I just was curious. Like that's how I approach New Year stuff. I, I did resolutions at one point in my life, and then I said I don't do resolutions because resolution implies imperfection as like a snarky like shitty thing to say and oh that would be you years yeah in the last few years I, i've tried to think of it more as like okay instead of saying like i'm gonna lose however many pounds or whatever you know it's just gonna be like a year of something and that's what i do for my years and so last last year the thing was the year of contentment but uh, you know the thing that i talked about on the show and with with people the most was like yeah i'm you know playing through 12 games in 12 months that I own already. And hey, 2020 turned out to be a good year for that because I got to just be at home. So yeah, right, you didn't wear pants since March. Can't go anywhere or do anything. No pants. It's great. Didn't take care of my hair, so I had to cut that. It's fine. It'll grow back. Anyways, I like hardcore interrupted you in the middle of what you were talking about, but I just was curious. Like I, I mentioned that, you know, squeeze a few extra minutes into the recording here. Yeah, definitely not padding for time at this point, right? <laughs> on it i mean a little bit yes but also a little bit no because like we can't not go I on mean, tangents when we record, i mean we also so. really didn't address the fact that you know our last uh episode would be releasing you know new year's day yeah i guess that's true it did yeah and uh hopefully this uh episode releases more on time because the last two have released later in the day than usual because one uh, released on christmas day and you know i didn't want to spend christmas eve setting this up and, yo, it was Christmas fucking day. Give me a break. And same with uh, New Year's. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. I'm not a big fan of Kit Kats. I mean, they're fine. Blasphemy. But, Shun the non-believer. But I'm, not, but I'm not like, oh my god, give me that Kit Kat. Yeah, my favorite's Twix anyway, though. Oh, yes. I agree. My favorite is also Twix. I see you two are a man of culture. Indeed. Oh my god, that also reminds me. So to everyone... In our audience, who is friends with me on Steam that received the gift of games this year, enjoy, enjoy the love. If you're listening to this and you're like, hey, I'm a fan of the show, I've listened for a while, why didn't I get any games? Well, you're probably not my friend on Steam. You should be. Yeah, I still need to play more of what you sent me. Both games you sent me are games that I have to really dedicate time to because they're not jump in and quickly enjoy, which I like. But at the same time, right? Yeah. Collectively, I spent a uh, like a metric shit ton of money by my standards. Like, uh, like each one person um, didn't get like it's not like I spent like you know fifty dollars on each person, but I just get I spread the love to so many people this year. My uh, my PayPal account was displeased with me, but you know from I had a year like all things you know, considered like financially, I have been very fortunate this year to work in an industry that has uh, seen an uptick from COVID, which has allowed for more funding and and bonuses and things like that. So I had some extra money this year and I wanted to spread the love. And the best way I know how to spread the love legally is with games. So I gave a lot of people games this year. I like that. Legally. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Pause for effect. Legally. Uh, well, I- I'm gonna go uh, take a cold shower and try to scrub that from my mind. <laughs> In 
unclean, unclean. Um, why why don't you tell people how they can contact us? Well, uh, well, if anybody's still listening after that one, <laughs> uh, VGL Podcast at Gmail dot com. Tweet us VGL Podcast uh, on Twitter, or you can drop by our Discord. You can find a link to that over on. Our Podbean, Podbean, uh, vtlpodcast.podbean.com. So, doobly do. Indeed. Yeah, which I actually accidentally closed the tab uh, for. Oh, I got one uh, open. I, I, no, I no, no, I have uh, a game I just ta- I need to copy and paste for you. I got Cobra Kai. <laughs> Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid Saga continues. <laughs> Let me guess, you got that oh one too. Oh my god. No, I didn't. Uh, it's a beat 'em up is... based on the Netflix series Cobra Kai. It, this looks both terrible yeah, I'm not and sh- amazing. Yeah, I'm not at the sure which it is. It must just because it's not in motion. I, I gotta see the, uh, the the trailer. The the trailer shows no gameplay, does it? No. Uh, okay, know, okay, okay it shows a little bit of gameplay, like at the very end of it. But it's like super overpower or yeah, you know, superpowers, you know. Crane kick uh, uh, sends a, a icy crane at uh, the bad guys. It, it, it it's weird. It looks bad. It, it just look- real janky animations, yeah. but also it looks so good. <laughs> I mean, it could be one of those so bad it's good on the animations. Yeah, I mean for a beat 'em up, they you have to be able to have a good flow of combat, but also uh, you know fluid animation. To not feel make it feel janky, and the fact maybe it's just the uh, the backgrounds as well. Like on one of the screenshots, <coughs> where whoever the fuck that is, San uh, is fighting uh, three color coded uh, skeleton guys. There's uh, Dora the Explorer in the background. It looks like <laughs> in Diego. Yeah, and they're just sitting there, and it's just that uncanniness, you know. Uh, yeah. Definitely, I don't think it's worth fifty. Uh, or, 15 and definitely not worth the $20 full price, but uh, that's just uh, me. Uh, Maybe if you're really stoned. Or, or really into Cobra Kai. Yeah. Uh, let's just put it this way. The, the game developer, they have one other game on Steam and it does not look good. <laughs> yeah. This looks, honestly, like this makes me feel like it's a, it's a current year shovelware title yeah. like movie you know tie-in shovelware Which, hey, uh, like obviously i know that the, the cobra kai like tv or well netflix series or youtube i don't know who owns it, it but it's a you know it, it's transitioned to a streaming service yeah it's netflix um, right now okay. i remember seeing it uh when i was poking around at the new stuff and you know, figuring out if there was anything new coming out that i wanted uh wanted to watch but but I've I've heard good things about the Cobra Kai series. I'm not a huge fan of the Karate Kid. Um, like I mean, it's not bad. Like it it just I was never super into it. But I've heard really good things about Cobra Kai, especially if you like the particularly the first Karate Kid movie. So yeah, it's been ages since um, I've seen it. So right, yeah. So I got uh, one Omori. It's a indie. Uh, psychological horror game. Not usually the thing that I go for, but between the really captivating looking art style, and then also the fact that, like, down in the reviews, people are really on about, um, you know, really positive on this game and how it tells its story and the different horror aspects of it. It's, it, it seems interesting to me. Um, I, I might be all about it. 
we'll see. It's, uh, let's see, it's 20 bucks. I don't know if it's worth 20 bucks. Some of the people down in the review section are saying it is. I don't know if I know enough about this or the genre itself to make a judgment call on it, but it definitely has piqued my interest, and that's saying something, because everyone who listens to the show knows that I fucking hate anything that's scary. (laughs) So, there you go. Take that as you will. Okay, so I got The House of Da Vinci 2, Electric Moogaloo. Nice. Uh, It's the sequel to the first House of Da Vinci, where... Uh, become an apprentice of the famous Leonardo da Vinci, solve handcrafted mechanical 3D puzzles, and discover hidden secrets. So essentially a, not really an escape room game, but well, I guess you could view it as that, but uh, dealing with a lot of more mechanically based puzzles. I mean, some of the screenshots uh, make it look really interesting. I remember seeing the first one on Discovery Q ages ago. Uh and it looks like it keeps up that trend of this very visceral feeling of the uh, of the mechanics of the puzzles, where it doesn't go for the sci-fi element that a lot of puzzle games do. So you have uh, like this one puzzle uh, on the screenshots, a mechanism that's made up of gears, ropes, pulleys. And you got to figure out what the fuck, right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, graphically, it looks okay. I mean, it's not amazing, but not terrible. But for a puzzle game, it's definitely you know, uh, good enough, right? Yeah. So, I got one. Um, this one is on your wish list. So, unless you found it during the uh, the winter sale, yeah. you know, going through for trading cards. I'm assuming that at some point you've talked about this, and I just don't remember it. Um, it's called No Place Like Home. Yeah, for some reason, um, uh, Steam is taking forever for me to load. Yeah, it's it's struggling for me, okay. too. I'm, oh, I'm wondering okay, if they're just having me. issues. Um, but yeah, so the the blurb for this game, humanity trashed Earth and left for Mars. Only a few people remain. Clean the environment and gather resources. Find a new fluffy friends and robot allies. Rebuild your village and environment and run your own post-apocalyptic farm as there is no place like home. This makes me feel, uh, gives me, yeah, like, I think gives I saw this on, Porsche vibes. Yeah, I think I saw this on one of the, uh, uh, uh cues I did for cards. Yeah, the art style and what looks like third, you know, sort of person control scheme um, gives off my time at Porsche vibes to me, but it does seem to focus a little bit more on farming as opposed to Porsche was about sort of crafting or engineering. Um, So it is an early access. It's in its like first launch stage and the next one is supposed to be coming out in the first quarter of this year. So it looks like it's got like the first area and sort of the first uh, story line, which is rebuilding like your local village and community. It's at least based on looking at this. So it's it's what I'm gonna watch. Uh, what's the what's the price? Oh, five bucks. Damn, I might I, I might just buy it, watch it that way. Because um, I mean, this does look right up my alley, and I, I got uh, my time at Porsche during the Steam sale. Um, yeah, see, so yeah, I didn't pick it up because, you know, well, uh, it's still on Game Pass. It is still on Game Pass, but I expect it to go away at some point, possibly in the near future, because it's been on Game Pass for a little over a year yeah, now. True. So I, I just wanted to have it in my library permanently, Yeah, uh, and it was cheaper to get it that way. Yeah, I thought way about versus... grabbing it on Steam just because, because well, uh, it was, uh, I think, the same price or actually cheaper. It was like seven something. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, 
Uh, but I heard performance issues there, and I just figured, eh, right. Right. Well, I haven't I haven't touched it yet, so I guess we'll see. Well, on on but... the Switch, I mean. Oh, on Switch. Okay. Yeah, I just didn't want to deal with it. So, so I got I, I'm I'm since I'm having problems loading up uh, the queue, I've been going through and saving what I had to be able to uh, just constantly uh, have a, a stream of things instead of sitting here and waiting for it to load. So, I got Isles of Adamandir, a open world single player co op fantasy RPG. I mean, it looks interesting just because of some of the programming language that you could have in it. From uh, from some of the uh, uh, screenshots, it looks like there's some strong creation tools as well, which I found more interesting than generic fantasy RPG. Just the fact that yeah. there's a pretty strong creation tool in it already at, in an early access game. So if it has any legs on it whatsoever for a community, you know that there's going to be a ton of uh, just stuff out there. Not necessarily great stuff, but there's going to be stuff. And let's see. Let's just see if I can bring up the workshop and see how much there is so far. Or they at least said that there's a workshop support, but I don't see it. It could you know, not be in yet. Uh, looks like it's been fairly active. So, I mean, it's interesting to say the least, and I'm just impressed with the, the amount of tools they have in there. So, yeah, I mean, it is early access, though, so you know, take that with a grain of salt. It's a $20 game, so starting to get out of the comfort range of, you know, if it fails, right? Yeah. It looks like the co-op multiplayer is not in yet. Uh, or, sorry, a co-op multiplayer will support up to two players at launch, so it looks like it's in, maybe? but will be expanded further in the future. So that's interesting. The fact that you could do a, a pseudo, uh, 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 well, a, a pseudo, well, MMO-esque game. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. You're up if you got something. So I got one. Uh, Outrider, or Outriders, excuse me. Uh, a one to three player, which feels strange, but okay, fair enough. A one to three player drop in, drop out co-op RPG. Um, this looks very much like a looter shooter style game, um, but they're really, really like pushing hard. Like, oh, this is a true genre hybrid that melds shooter and RPG elements. Um, so, you know, Destiny, I guess. <laughs> They're trying to be Destiny. Uh, it looks like there is some additional focus on vehicle combat that wasn't present really in Destiny or other games like that, just based on some of the their marketing blurb and a couple of the GIFs and images and stuff. I mean, it looks neat. This feels like something that would have been announced at E3 this year if E3 wasn't dead. <laughs> and perhaps it's been announced somewhere along the way and we've just missed it. But this does feel like something they would announce at E3. Um, it's a Square Enix game. So that's interesting. Yeah, uh, I mean, this does feel like uh, I've seen it somewhere, but it's one of those things that if they announce something, you know, outside of E3, it's really hard to even talk about. It looks familiar. Yeah. That That's why I should say. It could be in yeah. like the last E3 it popped up at one point. Yeah, like a teaser trailer. Mm -hmm. And then this year they would have talked more about it. Hey, but, but uh, they have a, a, a rather large tech tree because, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
That's what makes an RPG system good, is a large tech tree. But I, I mean, I'm gonna keep an eye on this. It, it might be up my alley. Uh, we'll see. Keep an eye on it. Oh, I got Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, here's my next one. No umbrellas allowed. A store simulator? Uh, re- reveal uh, the true value of the items coming into the shop. Each item has their own history. Dig deep to see what is behind them and become an expert appraiser. So, it, part, like, pawn shop simulator part, papers please. I mean, it's definitely interesting, huh? Yeah. I mean, this is their only game on Steam right now. It's early access for 20 bucks. If they hold up to the promise, it could be very, very interesting. And it has some very good reviews. Uh, It does look like some people have problems with the pacing, but yeah. It's basically a pawn shop simulator with a story and investigations, and right? Yeah. But with some papers, please, elements as well. So be able to go in and try to deduct uh, if something is, yeah, real metal or something, right? Yeah. That's neat. I like that. Not sure why um, umbrellas aren't allowed, but right. Yeah. So I got one, and this feels so strange. Is Battle Bears? Oh boy. I don't. Are you familiar with Battle Bears? Like the old Battle Bears? No. Okay. This is a game that I don't quite know its full history. I first saw it on my original iPad. Like, I don't know. When did that come out? 2010? 11? Something like that, when the original iPad came out. I saw it there, and it was a port from even before then. This is just like a really weird third-person shooter where you're like a teddy bear. or teddy bears, and you use like bear-themed weapons. Like, instead of a bazooka, it's the bear-zooka, because haha. I don't remember very much about this game, but like I saw it, and it's like, oh, Battle Bears! Wait, Battle Bears? So, I, I should do a quick Google search. How old is Battle Bears actually? Because I think it was a port to iOS when I played it. Well, this is uh, Battle Bears negative one, so it's a prequel. <laughs> Let's see. Battle Bears. A cartoon game series. Uh, 11 years. So maybe that was the first place that it sh- that I, like, around the same time it came out, and it was my, maybe a port of, like, an old PC. Battle Bears Negative One. Released on iTunes, Mac Store, and Google Play. Damn. Yeah. Debuted in 2010. Their second game. It's not good. It's really not. It It's... Maybe for a mobile game from 2010, it was good. I don't remember it being good, but I also played both console and PC games then. But it's like, it's weird. Maybe it's better on PC. Who knows? It's three bucks. If you decide to try it, let me know how it is, because I'm not going to buy it. That's that's my <laughs> feelings on it. Carry on. So, my next one is Scriblet. Essentially, Pictionary, free-to-play online. I mean, interesting, right? Yeah. The, the problem I always had with these types of games was there was, like, three types of players. There were people like me that were would try hard enough that you you might be able to get guess something. There would be the artists that would spend forever to try to you know, get little details in that, you know, 
it would be impossible to try to guess in a decent time limit. And then there were the fucking hacks that would just write the word out. Right? Yeah, those are the worst people. Even if you're a shitty artist like me, like still try to play the game. Yeah, you're it's yeah, fun. it's kind of defeating the purpose if you just write uh, the word down. It's fun for people to get wrong guesses based <laughs> on your bad art skills. Yeah, base version's free to play. There is a premium edition that unlocks everything it looks like. But Steam is being very sluggish for me. I'm not sure why. The Steam sales over. You should be better than this. Yeah, so it looks like it use, uh, unlocks all the word packages. Uh, unlocks different play modes. Uh, allows team play. Avatars. So uh, it really depends on if there's a, a, you know, a decent community behind this, right? Yeah. But, but um, I, I just thought it was interesting. I wanted to throw it in. Right. So I got another one. Golf Around. Uh, Golf Around is a multiplayer mini golf game with crazy golf courses. In addition, you can easily play and create custom levels. So it's basically someone saw golf with your friends. I was like, oh, I want to make one of those. And then they made one of those. Mm -hmm. It looks like if you showed me them side by side, I don't think I could tell you which one was which. I mean, mean, this one has chickens in it. It does have chickens in it. You're right. But, you know, it looks all right. Looks like it'd be fun. It's five bucks. I'm sure it'll be cheaper on a sale somewhere. And then you could, you know, golf around with your friends. Oh, wait. I, oh, my God. Golf I get it. A golf around. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, all right. Carry on. Ignore my stupidity. So uh, here's your game of the year. Uh, already decided. Uh, uh, 2021. Assembly Planter. A farming automation game that allows you to progress from a poor, hard-working farmer with just a few uh, tools to a lazy, rich guy that watches his machines do the work for him while he tries to optimize production. So it's essentially a very simplistic farming game uh, locked in a room with uh, Factoria. Yeah, we're off to a good start. I mean, it is extremely cheap, and it's on full release as well. I mean, it's not a great-looking game, but... It's good enough for you, right? Yep. At least good enough for me to try. Um, let's see. What is this? Okay. All right. I'm, I'm down for this. Uh, getting you a link. This game is called Vice Wave. And while I haven't gotten too far into the description of it, to me it says uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City sort of spiritual successor. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to the 80s. A 20-year-old boy named James burn it is a ghetto boy i don't like that language with ambition who wants to get everything from the world at once very soon he'll create his own criminal empire built on the sale of drugs and become the most influential drug baron well those trees look like they're right out of the 80s riveros so uh yeah that i am i am up for this the art style is low poly uh low poly which is fine um, it's low poly, the but then they get so in realistic lighting effects. It creates a very uncanny effect. I like it. It's a bit odd. You know, I don't want to just say uncanny again, but it does, you know, that's the best thing I can come up with for it. But looking at the sort of the neon lights and the third screenshot against the car, which is very clearly a Ferrari F40, uh, I'm sure it's just different enough that they won't get sued, but I know what that car is. Uh, that's gorgeous, though. That low poly art style with all the neon and realistic shadows and light. I guess effects. whenever I see a very ambitious game like this that has uh, 
uh, graphics like this, first thing I think of is asset flips. You know? Yeah. Could be. Could be. Oh, and there's the Lamborghini Countach. Uh, Zoom tight. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, there's a Bel Air. Hopefully this person doesn't get sued for that. But yeah, I'm going to keep my eye on this one too. It's, I mean, it's 10 bucks. So I don't know what the actual quality of the gameplay is going to be. Because this honestly could go either way. Like, there's enough polish on what they're showing off that I could be like, okay, yeah, they're putting some real hard work into this. They want to make it a good, you know, interesting sort of Vice City type thing. But also, like, there's some aspects of it in here and the screenshots are showing off that, like you said, like, we're, you know, we could be in asset flip territory for some of this. So I'll keep an eye on it. Is it early access? Yeah, early access. So keep an eye on it. See how it develops. Maybe look up some stuff more. Yeah, there's some people saying that the world is very empty right now. Yeah, which is a little troubling. Yep. So the December 23rd. I already clicked away from it. I think December 23rd was the date that it said that it released into yeah. early access. Yeah. Uh, but to be fair, no wonder we didn't really hear about it releasing. It released alongside Battle Bears Negative Zero or Negative One. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I outshone by uh, Battle Bears. So I got At Dead of Night, a part horror film, part horror game, part ghost hunt game. Uh, according to this, blends live action and graphics to create a unique immersive horror experience like no other. And it definitely has this uh, odd look to it, and I can't quite place it. I guess it's uh, it might just be the... Uh, how lighting effects work you know if you light something properly it has a lot more believable look to it and Mm -hmm. looking at the uh, game itself it's not beautiful you know it's not uh super super detailed but i think it's the way the shadows are thrown and the way everything's lit properly that it really hits home but then you interview ghosts it looks like i mean it is interesting uh mm-hmm. i mean throwing in the ghost hunters uh into a horror game so there you go right there you go i uh, i am done with my queue okay well i just I have got, one um, more after that okay yeah i got cobra kai and then i got uh one vr exclusive title one non-english language title and then just some like garbage looking stuff I just yeah away. i got a garbage porn game a vr domino game uh, VR only. Okay, interesting. Uh, it was a VR only domino. Well, no, VR dom- uh, domino run game. You know, setting up dominoes oh, okay. to knock down. Right. Uh, and then a couple of really trashy looking porn games. Because I ran through so many queues, I'm starting to get porn games like you. There you go. Uh, but my last one is MXGP 2020, the official motocross game. So look no further. This is the official one. Uh, some very negative reviews on this, though. <laughs> so this might be an avoid. Uh, playing a dirt bike game or uh, blank uh, Tokyo uh, Drift. The game is downright terrible. Nothing has changed. So it looks like uh, one of those games, its update is number, and that's about as far as they get with it. So that might be an avoid, or it might be, eh. Well, I really follow the world of motocross. Uh, I know at least two of these people right yeah doing better than me i don't know if i, I don't i was being sarcastic oh, okay well there I, you go I, I, i've <laughs> seen that number before Woo. Well, that person's number is three that's dale earnhardt right there i tell you oh, what he's gonna have a tragic end to this race 
Oh. <laughs> oh, I went dark. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Nah, you're good. I was, I mean, I was joking with my O's. I mean, yes, he had a tragic end, but it's been many, many, many years ago. Yeah, besides, uh, comedy's just tragedy uh, plus Tom. That is true. Indeed. All right, so if that's the end of your cue, yeah, that's the end of my yeah, that's cue. the end of the cue. So that brings us all the way back up to the top. Uh, as, that's right. Yeah. Hey, Rage, hit him with the well, socials. I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me on Twitter, Gamer with CR, or you can be my friend on Steam, Caffeine Rage. And you've been Gaming Psychologist. You can find me on the YouTube's by searching for Gaming Psychologist uh, over on Twitter at JMA four seven zero seven. Or you can meet my friend on Steam by sending your friend request to jarthur4707. And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is runoff. Update on the runoffs. Uh, there, When we started recording, the uh, GOP candidate, the red candidates were very far ahead. Uh, update, Warnock is now beating Kelly Loeffler, so fuck her. And then Purdue. I'm not sure if you sorry, want Ossoff to. Ossoff has closed the gap. Ossoff has closed the gap on Purdue. It's less than two thousand votes, and Atlanta is the only real place left in the state to go in terms of counting numbers. Woo! Um, and there's still a few places in like the Atlanta metro area that have got only around fifty to seventy percent of their votes in. Almost so. like uh, the mail-in ballots, right? Yeah. So it looks like, I mean, a- anything could still happen. I'm not counting my chickens before they yeah, hatch. Yeah, yeah, we're not, looks yeah, like, we're not baking a cake saying not minority leader turtle, but. Yeah, but it, it's, it's looking like for sure, or, you know, one win for the Dems, and then possibly we might actually squeak out both wins. It's close. It's under 2,000 votes. So, fingers crossed. I, I don't think Warnock is going to fall back behind he's ahead by 30 roughly thirty-five thousand votes but it's it's still close enough that you know i'm you know got got them negative feelings mm-hmm. so uh now is this going to bed dist- uh depressed still or uh going to bed slightly hopeful <laughs> but uh anyways yeah woo Carry on. The password was runoff. Yep. Runoff. And if you wish to contact us, even though I'm not sure why after some of the stuff Jared's done today, <laughs> you can do so podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, or tweet us podcast on the Twitter. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this possible. You find out more at patreon.com slash podcast. And they are also helping us with our Podbean, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which hosts the show notes. Links to all our stuff online, links to the Discord. Or if you wish to spread the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our intro downtrend music is on the ground by Kim McLeod, and our discovery key music is doubly due by the same artist, both at Compitech.com and... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> As always, I got y'all. lovely music starts to roll across you my voice. You got to out, didn't you? Bye-bye now. <laughs> Bye-bye. I just kind of have to wait. I just kind of have to wait a second now, because I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> and then and then my voice crackled. <laughs>